Welcome back to another episode of the John Barker Fitness Podcast. Today's guest is an experienced trail sportsman, a fitness enthusiast, and more importantly, a man devoted to living healthy so he can be there for his family and help others do the same. Give a warm welcome to Alex Ippoliti. Yeah, definitely. I'm really glad we could meet up for our talk. Yeah, absolutely. So how's your week been so far? I know we talked a little bit earlier. Yeah, no, it's been really good. Nothing too, too exciting. Uh, yeah, you know, it's just kind of the normal stuff. Kids sports. We have drill next weekend, so we're kind of getting ready for that. Nice. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, my, my week's been going pretty well. Um, it's nice to have a little bit of a break over the weekend, but then again, it's more of a break from the norm and getting into more of the stuff that you know you can't get to during the week. I know, right? It's kind of like that, that to-do list piles up. You feel like, oh, man, I got to get up. And just get at it. Yeah, yeah, I'm right right there with you. Well, cool. So let, let's go ahead and get started with a little intro then. Um, we we kind of talked a little bit about some some stuff, but why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself, kind of who you are, what you do, uh, whether that's work, life, fitness, just kind of open the floor to your you know, intro message. So my name is Alex Ippoliti. I am a full-time Air National Guard officer. I was an officer in the Air Force active duty. But more importantly, I'm a father of six, and I've been married to my wife, their mother, for 14 years. Over time, I've started competing and training more. You know, I trained initially just for the military to pass the Air Force PT test, and then gradually started training more for sports and competition, really focusing on mountain biking, uh, trail running, and getting into obstacle course racing this fall. So just about a year ago, I started earning my NASM certification as a personal trainer because I wanted to pass on some of the lessons that I've learned and just some of the experience that I've given as a father and as a athlete to other people just to help families in general, fathers in particular, to be active and to really build strength with their families. Perfect. That's really... I really like how you kind of wrapped it all up into a, a quick summary. I actually went and looked at your website too. You mentioned talking about wanting to pass on uh, your experience and be able to help families. I went and looked at your your website, and I really like how just straightforward and the value it um, it kind of provides to the audience. And I just want to kind of name the tagline uh, on the show because right when you open up your website, it says "Build strength so you can be there for your family." And I, that was actually really powerful. So I, I think that's a really good message that you got on your site and also really, you know, when we talked earlier and what we're going to hear in the show here, uh, that that's really a strong message that you can kind of provide to everyone. Absolutely. And I really want to emphasize that it's something that, you know, I want, I want to see families really getting stronger as they get older, you know, cause you start off and you're just having kids and you're young. So it's kind of, I mean, just as most individuals are young, so it's kind of easy, you know, you don't really think too much about it, but as you get older and as your kids get older, you know, you, there's this inverse relationship between your kids getting more capable and you just getting older and just feeling the effects of, of age. And I'm not particularly old by any means, but just just in my late 30s. But but definitely, you know, as you get as I get further along and as my kids get to be older, teenagers, I know that that's going to be a big difference. And I want to be able to keep up with them, and I want to be able to get out there with them. And I know that it's not just me who feels this way. So that's such a huge part of my mission is just helping families in general to grow together. Yeah, and I'm really glad that you're bringing that perspective to the show because the the past few episodes have have been focused a lot on whether it's competing for a bodybuilding competition or uh, certain aspects of fitness. While you do bring, sure. you know, that mountain biking or trail running or certain functional fitnesses, you also bring that general wellness to it also because that's that's pretty huge for me. I mean, I've always grown up as a family person. And like you said, I'm I'm younger and I've I've got a 10 month old and 
as she grows older, right? She's going to be walking here pretty shortly, and I know she's just going to run around like crazy. And I, yeah. I don't want to find myself, you know, down the road where I'm not able to, you know, easily get down on the ground and play with her and that kind of stuff. Cause I love doing that now. Right. So that's, that's a huge thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be able to, you know, when your kids are, are 13, 14, 15 older, you know, you want to be able to get out there and show, show them that dad still got it and not be like, Oh man, my back, oh, my shoulders. I'm just going to sit here and watch you do stuff. Now you want to be actually leading the way even at that age. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll actually come back to that. Cause I want to yeah. ask you something about a, a post that you have on Instagram, but I'll, I'll come back okay. to that. First of all, I want to get into something that's a little bit different than what our other guests have kind of talked about is you've got experience and are currently uh, active duty with the, I think you said the National Guard? That's right. So I'm uh, active okay. duty with the Maryland Air National Guard. Kind of a different experience since most National Guard members are uh, part-time. And I've been a part-time, you know, one week in a month, a couple weeks a year, guardsman. Um, but I had the opportunity to go back on active orders to be active duty again. And so that really made the most sense for my family. And I started out active duty. I commissioned through Air Force ROTC. Uh, that's when you're in college and then also training to be an Air Force or a military officer at Indiana University. And so I was on active duty for nine years. So that was really my first uh, adult experience. And actually, I grew up in the military. My dad was Air Force and I had a lot of I've had military uh, in my family for several generations now. That's really great. And that's that's something I would imagine, I, and I don't have too much of that in my uh, family history. I know my grandparents, I think two of my grandfathers and, and maybe one or both of my grandmothers were in, in the military to some extent. I think it was more, well, I, I don't really speak to it because I don't remember, but they, three of the four of them have already passed, but so it was a while back. So that's something that I would imagine kind of is is a sense of pride in the family of, you know, this is what we've been able to contribute uh, not and not in terms of like an arrogant pride, but more of just, you know, being proud of that sort of a contribution. Definitely, definitely. It gives you a connection to, you know, it gives you, I mean, every, all of us are connected to our country and in some way, but it this gives us a different kind of connection to the country and to the decisions that we make and the um, activities that we, you know, the policies and decisions that we make overseas. You know, really, it's given me a sense of pride to be able to look at things in the news and then be able to go do something, even if it's a very, very, very small thing to participate in that in a small way. And well, thank you for, you know, what you do contribute into everyone out there who is either, you know, active duty or veterans, because they've definitely played a huge role that really can't be put in words sometimes. So definitely want to express appreciation for that. It's been a real honor. So speaking about that experience, right, how do you, how would you go about explaining your experience with balancing that schedule or those requirements in your life with your family and and fitness life how do you balance all of that absolutely no that's that's a such a huge question that my wife and i even talk about all the time you know what are we doing right now what are we are we doing the right things are we spending enough time on these things and it's really at the forefront of our minds a lot of days uh, you know when it comes to being in the military and fitness i know any of your listeners that are other branches besides the air force we don't have the most strenuous uh, requirements, but we do still require all Air Force members to meet certain fitness standards, uh, both Air Force active duty and Air National Guard, uh, basically running a mile and a half in a very specified time, depending on your age, performing a certain number of push-ups, certain number of sit-ups, um, again, depending on your gender and age, and then having a waist under 34 inches. Uh, and the Air Force decided that these standards make the most sense for the service. So because of that, the Air Force gives us time during the week to actually do physical training and then they also make it, you know, they also put 
good gym facilities on just about every Air Force installation. So that's really made fitness kind of almost easy, as it were, because you're given time during the day to do it. You know, as part of your duty, they say, go do PT. And there's an hour or an hour and a half sometimes to go do that, depending on your command. Uh, and that was really some of my first experience to exposure to uh, structured physical training was with the military. And so that leads into the family commitments because I can say, well, this time that I'm doing physical training, at least part of it, I would be at work anyways. So it's not as great of a burden on my family. Now, when I start training a little more competitively, when I start going on longer rides or runs and spending more than an hour in the gym, yeah, it takes a lot of communication between myself, my wife, and my kids. And that's really, I think, been the key to it all is spending time talking to each other, my wife and I, especially, and as our kids get older, talking to them too and explaining, hey, here's what we're going to do today. Here's what we're going to do this week. Here's what you can expect from me this week. And here's what I need you to do as well. You know, we have our schedules and our calendars set up so that we can see each other's events. Uh, and this way, this way, uh, nobody's surprised or disappointed if, if like, I need to take extra time in the gym on certain days, well, my wife expects it because we talked about it ahead of time uh, and she knows that I'll catch up on the other to-do list or other things that we have planned at some other point in the week. We have, that helps us to kind of build that trust with each other that we're not being selfish with our time, but we're really using it for the, for the right purposes at the right time. Now, that communication that you guys have is, is really key. That actually reminds me of what Megan mentioned on the last uh, podcast episode that I posted, is that communication is really important to be able to kind of balance every aspect of life with, you know, living with another companion and, and especially having kids involved. Now, I want to try to make it a little bit more personal and there may not be a connection here, but you've mentioned how you, you know, train a certain frequency and you, you know, you would normally be at work anyway, so that doesn't really take away, right? But has there been a time that you remember when maybe your your kids have said, hey, like, we, we want to spend more time with you or we want to do this with you and that maybe you've been able to kind of do something that allows you to then react and say, okay, here's, here's what we're going to do now because I, you know, kind of see that you guys are interested more. So this is how I'm going to handle it. Yeah, definitely. No, I'm glad you brought that up because I don't want to make it sound like, oh yeah, it's, I, I train the three hours a week of, that I get for work and then I'm good to go. Because, you know, especially, uh, like I said, when I've done a little more intense training or as I have learned to make my training more intense, it's definitely taken more time. So I want to give you a great example of, I was, training for a marathon recently and there's no other way to prepare for that besides getting out and running and so every Sunday and I would tell what uh, I tell my wife Megan uh, hey I need to go out and go for a run and those got progressively longer you know an hour and a half two hours three hours three and a half hours until about a month out from my marathon she's asking me hey am I gonna see you again what's going on and I had to sit down and and talk with her and really not justify what I was doing, but put it in context so that I could explain to her, hey, this is just for the next month. This is what my training cycle looks like um, to build up to this event. And then I can change my schedule. So because of that conversation, actually, now my training, I still train six days a week. Um, and most, most of the time, my training is usually about uh, 90 minutes to two hours, depending on what I'm doing. I make sure that Sundays are my day off on my rest day, really, so that I can have that dedicated time when I'm not going to the gym, I'm not going out to for a run or a ride, and Megan and the rest of my family know, hey, this is the day that we can plan family things because it's not going to be a training day, so there's no other competition with that time. That's an excellent example. Now, I would kind of say 
maybe for our listeners that if someone is going to start training for a marathon, maybe kind of bring that expectation up front and saying, well, here's, here's the plan. Here's what's going to happen. Uh, just want to make sure that we're all on the same page. And now it sounds like, you know, the way that you and your wife had handled it, it, w- it went very well, right? Because maybe yeah. she wasn't expecting you to be running for the two, three hours. And, yeah, right. and I'm, I'm not much of a runner, but I know my brother has done a few marathons and I don't understand <laughs> why people would <laughs> right. do that to themselves. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it could be very time consuming because you're not going to train for a marathon by doing sprints. You, you have to put in the time. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think it really goes for you know, anything you're training for, even if it's bodybuilding or uh, any other kind of sport or competition. And, you know, for me, I, I plan my training cycles in between um, usually 10 to 12 week blocks. And so that kind of helps me to say, OK, for the next 12 weeks, this is going to kind of be my routine. I'm going to be doing cardio on these days. I'm going to go to the gym on these days. And this is going to be my rest day. And because I've done that, that gives me the ability to talk to Megan and say, look, every Sunday or whatever day is planned as the rest day is going to be free. Or, hey, I need this time on these days, and here's why. And she can kind of see what the flow is going to be like. Uh, so it's not a surprise. Like you said, I'm like, whoa, you, where have you been all this time? Like, oh, it's off my run. But she, she understands how that fits in. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think you talked a little earlier when we talked earlier this week about how you you really only do your endurance work maybe you know once or twice a week, whereas like three days a week you'll do more of the the strength training. Right. And the and the current cycle that I'm in, uh, preparing for an obstacle course race, that makes the most sense to me for my specific situation. Uh, to spend more time in the gym with a variety of trainings there, and then spend a little less time on the endurance work. You know, if I was training for a marathon again, of course I would need to just spend more time running. Yeah, that would just have to work its way in. So right now you're preparing for that race. Now you said that's the Spartan Beast? That's right. Yeah, it's the Spartan Beast in Berlin uh, in September. So you're you're training for that right now. What would you say overall, regardless of that being the next event, what would say your most passionate type of, whether it's a sport or type of training would be? Because I know you're very into mountain biking and trail running. Is that kind of where your passion lies? You know, that's really where I, where I, I guess you could say I grew up as an athlete was first on mountain biking and then later trail running. When I'm just looking to just go out and just enjoy myself, yeah, I, I really can't beat getting on a trail, uh, being outside. doesn't matter what the conditions are or what the weather is. I mean, as long as it's healthy for the trail. But, you know, if it's cold or anything like that or hot, it's fine as long as I'm outside. But I've really grown to love the gym a lot more. And... Uh, you know, I didn't grow up that way at all. I really was uncomfortable in the gym for a long time and really felt out of place there. I felt like I didn't understand how to actually work out or how to I felt or how to use the equipment. And I felt like I really stood out as the awkward skinny guy back there, like doing some really stupid lightweights. But as I spent more time there, uh, I really have grown to be a lot more comfortable and enjoy it more and just find... Um, find that those are the, those are sometimes I look forward to my time in the gym almost as much as I do getting out on the trail sometimes. So you're really finding more of a where where you had your roots in more of the trail sports, you're kind of finding more of a balance and enjoyment for the general health and the and the gym as you continue to kind of add that to your arsenal of training. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess I didn't really do a good job answering your question of like where what I enjoy the most. Um, and and the reason is because you know, it, when I set a goal for myself for a day that I need to do this type of training and then I can 
see it happen and see it come through, I just get a lot of satisfaction out of that. Uh, and it used to be just more of a struggle to say, okay, well, um, today's my gym day, so I'm going to go in and do what I need to and get it done as fast as possible so I can get back to the things that I love. Um, but it just turned into this place where I really enjoy all of the training. You could say every every aspect of it because I see the the adaptations and the development that it produces in myself. And frankly, I just uh, enjoy the movements themselves now. That's that's a really good way to approach things because I feel like if we get too trapped into one thing, it kind of limits what we're able to grow in, and it kind of limits our enjoyment of, of everything else, right? So I don't, I'm not a huge fan of running, but I, I have such a desire to get back into it, and yeah. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but I'm gonna touch back on on this post I said I was yeah. gonna come to uh, earlier is on your Instagram. I've, it's probably from about about a month ago. Um, I believe it's a picture of your your daughter and you're talking in your post about uh, running and how form is extremely important. And you're talking about having your knee high and your back leg extended. Now I'm, I'm no runner by any means, but one of the things that limits me right now is uh, I've actually, I've got really flat feet. So I've got, I believe some plantar fasciitis that I'm kind of working through, but back to this post, right? So what would be kind of your recommendations for someone wanting to just get started uh, trying to make sure that they're doing the right form, just kind of some beginner tips for people wanting to do that. Totally. Well, actually, first, I'd love to really key off of something that you just said, um, because it's actually a really big theme for me. And that's the idea that you brought up about uh, not getting locked into one sport. Uh, and I really do want to talk about what you just asked in regards to getting started with running in particular, because I know so many people, uh, like for the Air Force, again, there are so many people who that's the, that's the component of the test that they struggle with the most is running because they'll start running uh, and they're not adjusted to it and then they'll end up hurting themselves and either do poorly or really suffer through the test because of it. So I really want to get to that. But first, I want to, if you don't mind, I'd really yeah, want to go Yeah, back. I don't mind at all. Go, go awesome. ahead. Sweet. Thanks. So I uh, really want to go back to what you just said because that was exactly my life. Just a couple of years ago, I thought of myself as a cyclist. That's all I was. That's all I wanted to do. I didn't care about anything else. Like I said, I, ha I went into the gym because I was like, well, cycling doesn't produce any resistance on your body. So, you know, I'm going to develop bad bones and joints if I don't uh, at least do a little bit of resistance workout. But I really didn't enjoy it at all, uh, like I talked about. And then I, I, moved to a, I moved to the suburbs, which is exactly where I did not want to be living, like the antithesis of my ideal life. But it made the most sense for my family. And I found myself where I really wasn't comfortable riding on the road. I had to go drive to trails, and it was raining frequently, so the trails weren't really in any shape to ride on. And I didn't know what to do. I was completely lost. Uh, so I said, well, I guess i got to start running now, because otherwise I'm going to go crazy. I can only do so much. That's at least the way I felt at the time. And that experience, started running, started really enjoying it. Uh, a few months later, started going to the gym more consistently. Really started learning more about resistance and weight training. And that experience really taught me to appreciate all different kinds of sports and athletic and um, fitness activities and to really find a, not just find a way, but to really enjoy them uh, no matter what they were because they were still ways of developing and using my body uh, in a way that it's intended to. So it really changed my mindset and changed my perspective so that I didn't see myself as a single sport athlete anymore, but I could value a whole range of activities because I saw the benefit that they brought to people. So I'm actually, I'm really glad that you brought, brought that up and, and went back to that because it actually, it, it does bring the whole concept of a, a well-rounded 
skill set, well-rounded passion, you know, for different areas of sporting. Yeah. But I actually that reminds me of a a post that Eliana, the the first podcast guest I had, that she posted on Instagram about being kind of like a multi-passionate athlete, where yeah. she wants to try to break the stereotypes. Just you know, stop being just a bodybuilder. Stop being just. And if people want to do that, that's fine. But I think too often people trap themselves, and by doing exactly what you said, you can find a bigger sense of fulfillment, and it makes things more fun when you can have yeah. that range. Yeah, totally. No, I appreciate. You know, I for one thing, it definitely made me a better cyclist. I'm way I'm faster and stronger on the bike now that I'm riding uh, once a week, sometimes twice a week, than I was, and I've and I've maintained it when I was riding 100 miles a week. And that sounds crazy. And I know there are dedicated cyclists, right? And if you're going to focus on one sport and really do it, then obviously those people will be better than me. So I, so I understand where I'm going to fit into the pack. But in terms of my own performance, um, so maybe this really just says about as much about uh, my previous performance as anything else, right? But in terms of what I've seen and, and the goals that I want to achieve, I'm still able to get that enjoyment uh, from all these sports, even at, at um, changing it up and trying a bunch of different things. And it really does help me to appreciate each sport a little bit differently because I can compare it to something else. And I can see how my body is using its full range of abilities instead of being, like you said, limited to one particular motion and getting really good at that. Right. And I and I agree with what you're saying. And it's it's interesting because there's a lot of similarities between um, you know each guest that I'm talking with. And it's kind of eye-opening. And it brings me back to how we're kind of, I'm going to kind of lead this back to the question um, yeah. we were getting to, uh, but I know that there are certain muscles that are used in running that you don't typically use in, in other, like if I'm just doing a leg press or some squats, it's not really involving certain muscle groups that running might, but by strengthening, um, I believe that'd be like your adductors and abductors that running uses a lot. It'll help improve my strength training, right? So back to the other question yeah. about how if I want to get started, right? Because I'm going to consider myself a novice at, at sure. running, even though it's kind of a, a thing that I do sometimes. Uh, what would be some of your tips then for someone who wants to get started, whether that's with form or even shoes? Because I know that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, that's huge. And I really appreciate you giving me the chance to talk about it because uh, it's it was kind of a steep learning curve even for me when I moved from cycling to starting to run. And yeah, we'll start with the shoes. So the first thing, uh, when you're looking at the equipment, everybody says, okay, I got a pair of shoes, trainers are... Uh, sneakers out there, I'm going to run in those. The first thing is almost everybody's shoes, including mine when I started, are too small. You know, there should really be at least um, at least like a thumb's width, so about an inch or so between your, the tip of your toe and the end of the shoe because your foot expands so much every time you hit the ground. Uh, and you've got to have that space or you'll get all kinds of blisters and just feel miserable and really hate it. Um, the second thing is I think that that you're doing just by doing bodybuilding and by lifting, I have really noticed uh, a big Im increase in my ability to run. And I've seen other guys too, who spend a lot of time in the gym, lift heavy and still end up running well. Because just like you said, the more that you can strengthen the entire system in the lower body, the better you're gonna perform and the better you're gonna prevent injury too, which is where everybody goes wrong, right? We go out there, we start running and then we get hip pain and we get knee pain um, because the muscles that support our knees, our, you know, your hip flexors, uh, even down into your calves and your ankles, those are weak in some way um, because we're not strengthening them in the gym. And so they're not able to support your leg 
through that impact every time you hit the ground and you end up hurting yourself. So spending time in the gym is really huge. And then the third thing, really, really being mindful of your recovery after each run, really making sure that you're rolling, making sure that you spend time. If you got like the plantar fasciitis, which sucks, I've had that, um, you know, spending time in ice bath and the icing your feet, uh, spending time really stretching and making sure you're hydrated well can make a huge difference in your ability to keep running and to sustain that and to kind of keep those injuries at bay. So those three things, having good fitting shoes, making sure your whole body's strong, and then uh, making sure you're really mindful of your recovery, those will really help. Now, when it comes to actually developing your running form, definitely, you know, you want to make sure that you're starting off kind of with, with uh, moderate distances. Even if it feels like your cardio system is able to sustain you for a longer distance, you know, if you try to push and you say, well, I, I can run five miles. I haven't run in months and I'm just going to get up tomorrow and run. You'll almost definitely hurt yourself that way. So make sure you build up your distance gradually. Oh, no, you're fine. I just that's, I was going to say that's actually how I think I, I might have caused my injuries yeah. because I, I think I was I think I was maybe feeling upset one night and I just decided, sure. you know what, I'm just going to go for a run. Yeah, sure. And it was only a mile. Right. But I hadn't run in probably a year. Yeah. And the shoes that I was wearing were worn out. They weren't the proper support. And I think I just kind of injured myself that way. So the advice you just gave is, is real. <laughs> it's so easy to do, especially if you're strong. Otherwise, because I, I used to do this when I focus more on cycling. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm strong. I, I can do this. I can get out and run. And then the next day I'd just be dying because I hadn't taken care of myself and hadn't prepared for the event properly. That's the other thing is that, you know, just over years of, of habit, we don't walk the way that we should run. So we end up like running so much with a really strong heel strike, which really can aggravate a lot of injuries, including to some degree plantar fasciitis and other knee and some knee injuries too. And so spending time, it's never a bad idea to spend time working on technique, uh, even if it's something doing short sprints, you know, like a 5-10-5 sort of drill or 100-meter um, sprints around the around the track to really kind of help you get into more of a midfoot strike where you're planting the, the middle of your foot on the ground instead of the heel. To, and it just takes uh, time and, and work on actually growing that habit. But that, that's made a huge difference for me and, and for other runners that I know too. So that was kind of a lot, but yeah, really shoes, strength, recovery, and then for actual um, technique, building your mileage gradually and being really mindful and, and spending time focusing on your actual uh, footwork. Yeah, so I'll do that. Um, I want to. I wanted to ask a little bit about mountain biking. Actually, just one thing, really. Uh, so here, because I, I did it back in, uh, in high school and college, and I went more, but I, I haven't been for probably a good five years, which um, I need to start changing. But uh, here, it's just desert landscape i mean unless unless yeah. i drive two hours north up to near flagstaff i mean it's it's going to be desert cactuses usually hot and it's just not i don't know it, it's a different world because i've been mountain biking once um i think it was uh further north in arizona and it was some pretty nice forest trails but what what's it like there where where you're at what's the kind of atmosphere for your trails here it's it's hot it's humid uh it's pretty sticky in the summers but it's all through the surprisingly steep uh, river valleys basically that intersect all of eastern well not eastern but all the the landscape between baltimore and washington which is where i'm at uh, so they've leveled a lot of it put in the suburbs like mine but uh, the parts that are natural are still these incredibly steep 
valleys that give you a ton of switchbacks, a lot of terrain, uh, some good rocks. Uh, and it can be pretty challenging. It can really be fun. You don't get, you know, when you ride out west, like in your area, uh, everything is trying to hurt you, which can be really fun because it's all got spikes of some kind. Uh, so fortunately, we don't have to deal with that here. But yeah, it, it's pretty, and it's pretty different also because we get a lot of shade, uh, which is pretty nice. Yeah, I I googled I googled uh, mountain biking over kind of in your area just to look sure. at some pictures, and it's it just looks a lot more pleasant because there's actually green. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It's nice to you know be here in the desert, but it's I think when I've lived here for you know the 25 plus years, it's I don't know. It's kind of nice to see that change. So yeah. it's kind of cool. For sure, it's nice to get to change things up a little bit. We'll go. I'll go out west every you know periodically, uh, just to kind of change things up from my perspective too. So I totally understand that. Yeah, that, that's true. So when you do that, when you travel, do you actually travel with your bike? Uh, if I get a chance to, yeah. About usually about once a year. This year I don't have the opportunity, unfortunately. But in the past, I've tried to make it about once a year or so that I'll travel. Texas, Oklahoma, Idaho. I've been a couple places, a few places I've gone to. Yeah, just to kind of get a little change of scenery and a little different challenge. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I want to transition now because we've talked a lot about the, the sports aspect in the military and a little bit about balancing that with family. But I kind of want to go into kind of for the last portion of this, the, the main message uh, is really being able to help families be more active, help parents, uh, fathers in particular, uh, being stronger, being active for their families. So I kind of want to switch over to that. And I, th I think the first thing I wanted to ask is when, as you're introducing activities to your kids, whether it's mountain biking yeah. or uh, track running, things like that, has there been a time when maybe they haven't quite wanted to pursue the same interest and maybe you've got some differences between the kids and kind of how have you gone about uh, navigating that? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great question because I know when I was a uh, uh, and this is going to sound super snooty because I'm not that old of a father. But when I was a little bit younger father and my, you know, my kids were just getting old enough that I could finally introduce them to, uh, like, say, riding or to sports or something, I would get so frustrated when, you know, I'd go out for a ride and my kids are like 10 and 8. And one kid would just love it and the other one would just be so frustrated and dawdling behind. And we would all just end up totally far apart from each other, not even have a little bit of a, a connection after that, right? I kind of growing through that has really taught me to just like, it's going to be a really consistent theme, right? Just like with the sports, to really kind of help each kid find something that they can enjoy and appreciate, uh, you know, by sometimes exposing them to different sports, different activities, and then saying, okay, you, and then just having the maturity myself to say, okay, you're really not liking this and there's a time when pushing you might be healthy, but right now is not that time. So let's back off. Let's help redirect you in a different direction, and we'll get a chance in the future to come back and see if you like this again or, or to find some way for you to develop that keeps our relationship strong and still helps you grow into a, a healthy and functional human being. Uh, so like you know, my two oldest kids, they're two boys at 13 and 11 now, and the oldest loves cycling and is super competitive he loves to hang out with the with the fastest people in any group that we're in uh, and he'll do his best he'll, you know he'll do his absolute best to hang with whoever he's with and he won't complain at all and he's just really fun to go for a ride with my other 11 year old doesn't have that passion at all and really doesn't feel it but he loves to get out and like build trails he'll do he'll do that all day uh, he loves to get out and explore and really notice details and just kind of finding those ways that we can still get out and, and be active together 
has been really valuable and really good for me as a parent, but then also hopefully good for them too. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like how you approach that because, you know, as kids have their own personalities, we, we can't necessarily expect them to enjoy all the same thing. I mean, I only have one, right? And she's only 10 months, but I can tell that she loves blueberries, right? And she just, for some reason, it's kind of cool that she just kind of developed this liking to blueberries, right? Out of all the food we give her, you know, so as, as she grows older, I under, I get the feeling that it's going to be very close to, you know, what you're saying is there's going to be certain things that she likes or, or doesn't like, right? I'm, I'm into weightlifting and certain things and my wife does a lot of dance, right? So it's like, is she going to do both? Is she going to do some of each? And I, I like the way that you kind of expressed that. I don't just want to stop and be like, okay, well, you don't like it. Well, let's just give up then. No, I want to kind of give them, help them to give a good try to what they're doing. Uh, and so it's really always a judgment call. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of like, hey, if, if I'm spending all my time just cajoling you and there are starting to be tears and, and frustration, that's probably a sign that this is not healthy for us and we should go find a new new place to to get that energy out. Yeah, and I like that. So that, that kind of focuses more on the, the kids aspect of it, right? So uh, when it comes to family, we, you know, you also have the the marital relation, right? And then also kind of the individual of being able to provide for the family, right? So can you talk a little bit about your uh, feelings of, of how this kind of active family lifestyle has helped you feel more, you know, of a, a successful provider, both whether it's physically or emotionally? Can you talk a little bit about your, your feelings on that? You know, first, I'm th I think about this a lot for myself when I'm out on those three-hour runs. And I'm like, man, what, why am I here and not at home with my family? And for me, it really comes down to I want to set a good example for my children. And I want to set a good example for my family. And this is the example that I want to set. You know, I think as fathers, we really have to think to ourselves about what, what example, what kind of father we want to be. And I'm a different father from my dad. And I know that and recognize it. And I'm okay with it because I've, I've chosen what I want to do on purpose. And I said, part of what makes what's unique about me as a father and part of the things that I want to give to, or I wouldn't say unique, but the things that make me the father that I am are that I want to give my children an example of physical ability and strength. And that's important to me. And so being able to get out and do these things myself uh, is part of my identity as a father that I want my children to grow up with because I want to be able to help them as they find things that they love to really kind of see, see a healthy balance between work and family and then activity. Now, I imagine that has a lot of impact on the way that you feel about yourself when you do encounter certain aspects that you may, you know, be weak in. Like if you, you know, I don't know the best way to put it, right? But if you have some sort of a shortcoming where you're like, oh, well, I need to work on this, it probably allows you to kind of approach those better because you know that you have such a, I don't know, a strong value on providing that for your family to be able to, you know, be that uh, physical support and the kind of that role model and example, although, you know, nobody's perfect, right? It, it kind of sure. helps you navigate all that. Yeah. And especially emphasis on the last part, not being perfect, right? There's, there's always ideals and there's what I want to be doing. And then there's uh, what, what actually the kids receive and what ends up happening in the real world. But yeah, I, you know, ideally, uh, I like being able to say, yeah, I have this particular, there's a couple aspects of that, right? One is, being able to say, okay, here's an area of weakness for me, and I can show my kids how, how I kind of work through that, and I can explain to them, hey, this is the struggle that I'm going through, so that they don't just see, you know, because as a child, you just see your parents as these, 
well, for a very, very short time, you see your parents as these omniscient and omnipotent beings. Um, usually that ends about age two, but, you know, still, as a, even as an older child, you still see your parents as somebody stronger and relatively more knowledgeable than you. Uh, and so it's nice to be able to show my kids, this is what it's taking me to get to where I am, so that as they experience their own setbacks or problems, they can kind of understand the mental steps and the the emotional steps of working through those um, and then actually seeing overcoming them. So it's not just, Hey, I had a problem and then it stopped me, but I had a problem and I took these steps and I overcame them uh, as an example for them to at least model after at least the first model that they get. Yeah. And I, I really like the way that you put that about, you know, not you have ideals, right. But you're not always like that. I think of also how you were saying, uh, you know, you're not always your kids think of you as like this, you know, omnipotent or this like, you know, great, you know, example, but and that ends about age two. So it's funny because yeah. there's, there's a picture in my bedroom at my parents' house. I, you know, I haven't lived there for a long time, but yeah. there's a, there's a picture there that has a, I think it's just a picture of me and my dad. And I can't remember all of the, the words on it, but it basically goes from like, you know, age two, age seven, age, and it goes through yeah. the ages and it says, you know, oh, I want to be, I want to be just like you. And then as you go through, it says, you know, I, I know better than you, you right. know, around like the teenage yeah. years. And then, you know, it comes full circle back around of like, you know, I, I wish you were here, right. You know, yeah. talking about the parents yeah. passing on, but um, I mean, my dad's not gone yet, but, yeah, sure. Um, sure. but it, it's funny because like, I just, every time I have a problem, like, Hey, you know, this is going wrong with my car. What do you think? Or, yeah. you know, what, what's your opinion on this? It's like, you come to realize that, you know, there's your parents do have this value, right? So I think that's interesting yeah. that you bring that up because kids are going to go through that cycle. And I think we just have to realize that. And yeah. I'm, you know, I, again, sh I'm going to shout out to my, my parents on this one because they've dealt with a lot of, <laughs> a lot of crap. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just a great example. And I think that you do a, a wonderful job of capturing, you know, that whole circle in your message. Yeah. So I, I guess talking about family, right. Cause I, I want to kind of bring this towards kind of a close, but about family and the whole aspect of what you are trying to share with the community, um, out of everything that we've talked about, is there something else that you may want to touch on, uh, or kind of get across that we haven't already, uh, reached? So when it's, when it comes to talking about family, I think it's really important. I do want to emphasize that I think it's important for kids to grow up being active and, and not just being active, but seeing their parents active. So I know I've kind of alluded to this earlier in, in terms of my own goals, my personal goals. You know, I just think that it's one thing to, to make sure that your kids are involved in activities. And it's another thing to actually get out there and do them with your kids, even if you can't be a coach, even if you can't act, you know, they eventually get to the point where they need a more experienced coach than you or if you can't actually do the specific sport or activity that they're in, them just, I think that, you know, just like you said, as we get older, we definitely take on certain aspects of our, of our upbringing, even if we don't think about it, even if we don't do it on purpose. And so being mindful of that as parents to say, what, what kinds of things am I showing to my kids that an adult does? And if we show our kids, Hey, activity is great for children, but then it's not, there's no place for it in the real world. You know, what kind of message is that really sending to them as they get to be adults and they get to have the responsibilities of families and they're not able to take care of themselves because they've never seen an example of that in their own lives. Um, so I think it's really important that, that we get kids involved in sports and activities, that we teach them how to train properly. But more than that, that we show them how to do that in the middle of a full life um, so that it's not just something you do when you're in school, but it's something that continues through your whole life 
because it'll make such a huge difference in quality of life as we get older just like i was saying before you know as as you get older you don't want to be that that grandparent or that dad who you know can't get off the couch but you want to be the one that's out there actually running around with your kids or your grandkids even someday Um, so that's in terms of the family i like that a lot and that really it hits hits more personal i think uh, especially thinking about my uh, experience with my wife and her family because they they go hunting right and so sure. her dad her dad well and mine too they're a little bit on the older spectrum he goes hunting with them right and if if we weren't you know physically able to go do that or whatnot it, it, it you kind of miss out on those bonds that happen between you know parent and child or even siblings when you go out and do those things because there's certain things like when you're out hunting and I imagine with you and your son when you go trail building right yeah. there's certain experiences that just can't be replaced no not at all and uh i i used to hunt actually um so i have had some of that but i didn't introduce my children to it but you're right there's there's a certain way of interacting with the environment around you that you just have to be able to get out and do it you can't talk about it uh, and i have memories of my own dad you know some early camping early hiking activities uh, I have memories when i was really young that are just invaluable I wouldn't have been able to, to know otherwise. No, that's that's really great, and I really appreciate you sharing all of this. And it's it's definitely opened up a lot more than I was initially thinking during our our first call, because there's a lot of stuff here I think that can reach uh, a pretty good audience, and and I really appreciate that. And I kind of want to let people know where where they can find you, right? So if you want to go ahead and just say like you know where, where they can find you, whether it's website or Instagram, um, and I will put that information in the show notes, but go ahead and awesome. kind of give your elevator pitch for what you can do and where people can find you. Definitely. So like I said, over the past year, I've been developing as a coach uh, with my NASM certification, uh, applying that to myself, to my friends and family, and uh, you'll see a lot of that material available on both my personal Instagram, which is in plus six, and then I also started a business offering coaching services, especially trying to reach dads in a similar situation and want to build up strength and want to be active, and that's Little River Fitness. Uh, you can find my website at www.littleriverfitness.com, and uh, at this point, what makes the most sense is offering online training, so I'm happy to, but I'm happy to talk with anybody, uh, kind of get a sense for where people are at and help them to answer questions and then see if training makes sense for them and is the right fit for them. That's excellent. So thank you for for sharing that. And I I also want to point out too, because we didn't talk about it here, but in in our first call, the your name Little River Fitness comes from that uh, water feature, right? The little river that's by your house. And I I kind of yeah. want to point out to everybody that that really just reflects how personal you take. Uh, you, you basically want to take that that home lifestyle and the values that you have and kind of share that with the rest of the community. Because I thought that was really powerful. Absolutely. You know, I think I think the really Everything that we do in life has to start with our core and our center. And for me, that's here in my house with my family, and it moves out from that. And so the little river, the little Patuxent River is just 100 yards from my house or 200 yards from my house right here. My kids go down, uh, look for turtles and frogs all the time over there. And so it just kind of, to me, reflected my emphasis on this, on my family, on on our community, where we live, and on helping other people to um, develop their own what's important to them and their own values. That's great. And I, I really admire, you know, the messages that you shared and the values that you have. And I look forward to, to staying in touch. I like to do that uh, as part of, you know, getting to know people on these shows 
is I'm personally building. And again, I can probably say this is a selfish reason for sure. doing the podcast, but I, I enjoy that, right? And having that network. So I would invite everybody to, to reach out to you, right? And kind of build that network and, and share similar stories. Uh, I know I'm more than willing to answer questions, whether it's on Instagram or Twitter. And I, I get the feeling that you're more than willing to help others as well, right? As long as they're Absolutely. looking to reach those things. Absolutely, yeah. I'm glad to uh, talk to people, get to know them. Uh, I love seeing other people's stories and understanding where they're at uh, because it's so many variations on a theme. And it's amazing. I love seeing how we all are really working to do the best thing for ourselves and for our families. Yeah, I really admire what you're doing, and I really uh, appreciate this time on your show. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely appreciate it, and we'll we'll be sure to keep in touch. And thanks a lot for coming on the show. Yeah, for sure, John. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please make sure you do. Leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And make sure to share this episode with your family and friends. Check in weekly for new episodes, and we'll see you next time.